0: Welcome back to the DK Steelers Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with my friend and co host, Dale Lolly. Dale, we missed missed you yesterday on the show, but we got you back now. Of course, what everyone in Pittsburgh is talking about, not just the laughter of the, the Steelers had over the Browns and the 38 7 destruction of them, but they're talking about the Devin Bush injury, him being out for the season potentially. Uh, we're pretty much confirmed right now just nothing official from the Steelers yet but everyone's talking about how can the Steelers compensate for this they had Robert Spillane fill in for him and uh there's there's people I see people talking about on social media oh they should do trades they should do this I just think that there's no need to start moving pieces that you don't got to when the Steelers have the pieces that they currently have on defense
1: yeah it's funny Chris you know because I thought uh, according to a lot of the uh the people out there that uh devin Bush was not having a very good year, so <laughs> what does it matter who replaces him honestly seriously yeah. if that, if he wasn't having a good year who why does it why do they suddenly need another, uh, some kind of uh you know go out and get a, a star player um you know I, I think devin Bush was having a good year mm-hmm. I think that you know when you have as many stars on defense as they currently have um you know sometimes guys get lost in the in the uh in, the, in in the, the, the complexity of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. just because he wasn't racking up you know, 12 tackles a game doesn't mean that he wasn't being effective. And, and I think they can get some other guys who can be effective there. Quite frankly, as long as they have that front five, um, it doesn't matter who they put at linebacker, to be mm-hmm. quite honest, because teams can't hold the football against them. Um, they're going to stop the run no matter what. Uh, that's just the way this team is built. And, you know, if, if you, if you have to be, um, I don't know, I guess a little less athletic or a le- you know, maybe not quite as dynamic. Um, the inside linebacker position is one that, you know, you can get away with a little bit in today's NFL, especially when you have that kind of pass rush, what they couldn't afford to happen. Uh, you know, if they want to continue to be, you know, top level defense this year was to have one of those front five guys get hurt. Um, you know, whether it be Cam Hayward or Stefan Tooitt or Bud Dupree or TJ Watt or Tyson Alulu, that's the best unit of any group, not just in defense, not just for the Steelers, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That group is playing better than any group in the NFL right now, uh, including Kansas City's receivers, including that passing game for them, the, the running game for Baltimore. It's the best unit in the league right now, hands down.
0: Yeah, I think there's no doubt about it. The way that they're able to stuff the run. And again, Dale, uh, something that you and I talked about last week, you know, this was going to be a huge statement because the, the Browns had the number one rushing offense coming into that game. Their offensive line was was really punishing people and opening up holes for Kareem Hunt. Um, and uh, the Steelers came in and they made it. They neutralized it. They took the, everything that the Browns did well and took it away from them and forced Baker. They didn't to neutralize the
1: air. it. They destroyed it.
0: No, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like it, there was <laughs> there, there was nothing they could do with it, and that was because of that front. And here's the thing: like you're saying, like like you're like you're saying, this doesn't mean that Devin Bush was not of value to the Steelers, but what he did was sort of a backup role to those guys. You know, Tewit and Hayward, Dupree and Watt, and even Vince Williams, they were stuffing the run so well. Devin Bush's whole role there was the safety valve. Like, if everyone else got squeezed out, he would, then he would come in and make a tackle. But it was those guys up front that stuffed the run and rushed the passer for the most part. Bush was being used more so for his athleticism to help cover people out the backfield and patrol those interior zone, zone plays on passes.
1: Yeah, and, and I think, you know, you can find ways to do that. Um, you know, maybe you're not going to have the total package out there that Devin Bush was, right. but certainly you can find guys, you can scheme that up to make that work, whether it be using, uh, you know, dropping one of the safeties in there or using Robert Splaine in that role on early downs. Or, or you know, Ulysses Gilbert is the, is the guy who's the most like, Devin Bush on this roster we'll see if he gets an opportunity to do this but they don't need to go out and make a trade or go get somebody else or or try to incorporate some some new guy into the system they've got guys who have been here who can do this stuff this isn't like uh when they 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 didn't just lose Ryan Shazier at the end of the 2017 season they also lost uh uh, his backup Tyler Madakevich in that same game and they couldn't so they were down two linebackers in that position in that situation, not just one. Uh, That's the difference here is that they have these other guys still available and they're going to play them.
0: Yeah. And it it just makes a lot more sense to use those guys. You know, a a lot of talk was made about like, Oh, there's, there's not a lot of depth at that linebacker position, but Spillane seemed to fill in very nicely. I I thought that he looked very comfortable rotating between the zones that he had Uh, the the play where he had to tackle for loss on Austin Hooper uh you know i thought he did a really good job when you watch the all 22 you can see him react to the play action if the run, if the Browns did run the ball, he was ready for the inside zone read. And then as soon as he saw that Mayfield had it, he went right to Austin Hooper. And when Mayfield had to check had, had to check it out, check it down to Hooper, he was right on him for a huge hit. He's not going to be the speedster, or not even really the speedster, but he's not going to be the sideline to sideline guy that Devin Bush can be all the time, but he's going to be a uh, a competent linebacker and as you reported this morning with uh with the with the morning interviews he he got the green dot and the Steelers defense didn't look like it missed a beat when he was when he was out there calling signals
1: yeah I mean I think he's a uh you know he's a nice find um you know if, if you look at it look they they went to a Super Bowl uh with Jerry Olsavsky as one of the inside linebackers um you know they've done it with uh You know Vince Williams. They've done. There's there's any myriad of number of guys here who've who have have played that position. Um, Yes, you'd like to have one one of those dynamic, you know, sideline to sideline guys. But I don't know that it's necessary. I don't. You know. I I, again. I think the pass rush changes as long as they can rush the passer the way they're rushing the passer. That inside linebacker position. um, You know, I don't know if they could play with me and you out there. But certainly, (laughs) uh, you know. Again, I, I think that that it covers up a lot of the issues that you might have. And, oh, by the way, um, you know, when they, when they lost Ryan Shazier, they didn't have a Minka Fitzpatrick on the back end either.
0: And that's my – it's not just Minka, because uh, that's my other thing about it. And this is what I, 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 I'm writing about for Carter's Classroom for Tuesday. Go check that out on DKPittsburghSports.com. But it's not – because it's not just Minka. They didn't have – you know, back then, the secondary was – sure, Joe Hayden was there. But they had Mike Mitchell. They had Sean Davis. They had Cody Sensabaugh. They had Artie Burns. Mike Hilton was still getting used to this defense. They didn't know how, how – all the different ways they could use him back then. They got Terrell Edmonds, who's playing very quietly well with the with the uh um with with the secondary and um and 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 he I mean he's cover he's covering well he's going he's moving around then you also have Mike Hilton flowing everywhere they, they the way that he's implemented into the defense he's playing he's playing at at, at a high level himself steven nelson is covering well and, and the chemistry there is much better than anything that the steelers had in 2017 so again when, when I saw a lot of people making that comparison it just doesn't fit this year
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think this is the best defense in the league. It will continue to be the best defense in the league. Obviously, you'd like to have Devin Bush in there, um, and and they can't sustain a bunch of more injuries, but that's part of football.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. We're going to take one quick break here. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the AFC and where everything stands after a a big weekend with some big matchups. All that right after this. Back here on the DK Steelers podcast, I'm here. I'm Chris Carter here with Dale Lolly. Dale, we had some huge games this weekend in the AFC. Uh, the Browns and Steelers, uh, even though it ended up in a blowout, I mean the, it was still a four and one team against a four and o team, and the Steelers you know went out uh, five and O. Uh, but the Titans, they were able to you know inch inch out the, uh, the Texans in overtime, so they went to five and o, And the Kansas City Chiefs got to five and one. Uh, beating the four and one Bills on the road, uh, so that was a huge win. And now it's kind of an interesting situation at the top of the uh, at the top of the AFC. So I wanted to get your thoughts on where you saw all the different top teams that we know that are competing, including the Steelers, Chiefs, Ravens, Titans, Bills. Where do you think these teams play out right now?
1: Well, Chris, as, as I see it, really there are four teams in the AFC that, that have a chance to, uh, to do anything um, in the, in the conference. I mean, if, if you look at it, it's really, it's the Steelers Titans chiefs. Uh, well, we'll see, we'll see about it. I'm not sold on the Titans yet. Um, we'll find out about them next week. They they've won, but they've not been super impressive uh, doing. So I, you have to respect what they've done. Uh, certainly the Steelers, uh, Chiefs Ravens and bills are good football teams. I think the chief the Titans are in that conversation. Um, with the bills but I think the Steelers Chiefs and Ravens uh, stand above the rest of those teams right now Um, you know the Colts and 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 Browns are are probably playoff teams we'll see the Raiders could be in there Um, the the Dolphins are kind of surprising right now at three and three and then it's just a bunch of sludge as I said before this season started the Patriots stink Uh, They're an eight and eight team at best. And they proved it by losing to the Broncos uh, on Sunday
0: and the way they lost to the Broncos too. I mean, it wasn't like the Broncos did anything magnificent in that game. It was just bad from, from top to bottom. Um, and yeah, so I agree with you that the Patriots, they're not in this mix. Um, the Browns, I mean, they, they looked like, they, 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 looked like a joke again. I mean, and you see, you know, they played the, the, the teams that they beat. When you look at the Colts, when you look at, you know, the, the, you know, the other teams that they've knocked, they knocked off, but when they've played the Steelers and the, and the Ravens, they, they lost 38 to six and 38 to seven. Uh, it, it's a clear showing that they're not of the class of these two other teams. So um, I'm, I'm right with you. I, I think that the, it's, it's really that, that top tier, the class. I'm just interested to see how far can the Titans go? Because, um, and I'm also interested to see, you know, how, how this continues to play out in the AFC because, you know, one of the narratives that I heard passing around the internet uh, last week was, you know, after the Steelers, you know, beat the Eagles and it went into the fourth quarter, I think the Steelers, what they won by nine. You know, that people said, oh, yeah, the, the Ravens, they would never lose. To, they would never, you know, just barely beat the Eagles. Well, then the Ravens barely beat the Eagles by two uh, this past weekend. And Travis Fulgham had another decent game. Uh, so, Uh, I I look at this, and that's just a further reminder that I I think that people who thought that the Ravens were just several classes above the Steelers just continue to show, like, no, these guys are very much on the same playing field.
1: Yeah, if you look at it, Chris, uh, as I wrote uh, today on the website, or him writing today on the website, um, the Steelers are the most complete team in the NFL. Um, You know, if you look at it offensively, they're uh, in the top five in scoring. If you look at it defensively, they're in the top five in scoring defense. They're the only team in the league that is in the top five in both of those categories. Uh, they do got some things that they do very well, of course, rush the passer uh, and, and you know take the football away, and that is is a winning combination for them. Um, you know, I, I think there's some other you know very good football teams out there, but right now, um, you know, looking at it, Kansas City and Baltimore have not played nearly as good as they did last year.
0: No, I agree. Um, it, it, that's 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 a big part of this. I mean, the Chiefs, even though they 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 did beat the Bills, I thought it was a very odd game. Uh, they ran the ball a lot, and uh, and Clyde Edwards- Laird did a very good job, and the offensive line did a good job against the Bills. But the Bills' defense looks kind of suspect uh, with the way that they weren't able to stuff stuff that run. I you know, and Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes. He's a bad man, but. I can't see the the chiefs doing all that on the ground against the Steelers and setting that kind of tone to kind of build that balance on offense. This, this, Steelers team, I really think that, you know, it's not just the record now they're looking more and more complete as the season goes along. And it's what you and I were talking about. Yeah. People were upset about the numbers that they gave up to the Eagles, but the, but the bottom line is that this, D, this team is still undefeated, and they're getting tighter every week. We're seeing them improve in different areas, figure things out, and it's still very early in the season.
1: It is, and that's why, you know, you saw Mike Tomlin wasn't all that concerned or at least overly concerned with the third-down defense. Um, you know, we saw that improve greatly against the, the Browns. They, they went one for 12 on third downs, and now all of a sudden the Steelers are right there in the middle of the pack on third-down defense. Uh, which is maybe the bugaboo for these Tennessee Titans the Steelers play this week. They are dead last in third-down defense, giving up uh, just over 58% third-down conversions this season. So, uh, you know, if you look at every other team in the league, um, they have some kind of warts uh, that, that you look at and say, well, this they're not very good at this. Uh, they may be great at this, but they're not good at this or that. Um, you know, the closest team that I see to the Steelers in terms of of overall uh, you know, just being a, a well-rounded team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, you know, if, yeah. if you have a uh, – you know, could, could we be seeing a, a thing starting to set up for a Tampa Bay-Pittsburgh Super Bowl? Wouldn't Steeler fans love that? Tom Brady in the Super Bowl.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be insane to see Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Uh, and, again, the Super Bowl's in Tampa Bay this year. So, that would be pretty, that would be pretty crazy to see that. But they did put on a whooping – on the Packers. And, and you're right. They look more like a complete team. You know, they've got a running game. Tom Brady's a competent quarterback the way that Ben Roethlisberger is this year. Both of them are being efficient. Um, and those defenses are athletic. They, they are able to run with them. Um, I, I think it would be a, certainly an interesting matchup uh, down the line. we got to see how things continue to play out for both teams. But absolutely, uh, there would be some interesting things playing out. we got to see how the Steelers continue to play this week. Uh, Dale, thanks for coming on the show. As, as always, we're going to take one more quick break. When we come back, it's Don't Get Me Started. What got me started? Find out after Is this. Is it your
1: one-win fantasy football team?
0: You know what? Um, you can uh, – you, you know, I, Dale, I said you're getting off the show. Get off. Get off. Get off. Get off. I swear I'm going to break. Sheesh one with fantasy football team it's not yeah 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 like Nick Chubb and Michael Thomas and DK Metcalf get, get out of here man get out wah, wah, wah. yeah 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 how'd your fantasy team do this week I'm still playing <laughs> all right guys we're gonna take a quick break be back back after this Welcome back to the DK Steelers Podcast. I'm Chris Carter, and you're listening to Don't Get Me Started. Don't Get Me Started about people trying to downplay Juju right now. So I've talked about Juju's issues before, and this is Chris Carter here in the Don't Get Me Started segment of the DK Steelers Podcast. But I've talked about Juju before. And it seems, yet after another day where he's not putting up big numbers, that there are people out there that want to chop Juju down and say, he's not doing anything, he stinks, you can get rid of him, he's a nobody to this offense, blah, 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 trying to downplay his his significance with the team. And that's after a game where he recorded two catches for six yards. So yeah, nothing. He didn't contribute anything stat-wise. But anyone who watches the tape of this Steelers offense knows the entire build of the offense and what is making it so efficient is the fact that there are so many different options that are real threats for defenses to consider. That's because defenses have to look at Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson when he's healthy, James Washington, Eric Ebron, James Conner, and Vance McDonald. And that any one of them can beat them for big plays or consistent play throughout a game. And Juju Smith-Schuster is absolutely part of that equation. Because right now, Deontay Johnson, who was supposed to be the team's number one receiver this year, from what a lot of people were saying, Deontay Johnson's been out for, what, two and a half games now? And what's helped maintain the offense is the fact that Juju Smith-Schuster's still out there opening up options for Chase Claypool. I wrote this for Carter's Classroom a few weeks ago, saying this isn't the 2017 Steelers or 2016 Steelers when... They got to the AFC Championship game, and when Bell went down, the Patriots were just able to blanket Antonio Brown, and Ben Roethlisberger couldn't beat them with Eli Rogers and Kobe Hamilton and and broken hands uh, Sammy Coates. There are options on this roster, and Juju Smith-Schuster is part of that chemistry, and even when he's not getting targeted, he is helping there. Again, I point you back to last week's touchdown, the final touchdown of the game, chase claypool caught one over the middle ben ben stared right at juju and it drew the safety over away from claypool and then he went right back to claypool and hit him there now if ben stares down ray McLeod in that situation that safety probably doesn't move because they probably don't talk about ray mccloud in the in the pregame meetings and saying yeah we need to we need to blanket that guy because he's a crusher because people still know that juju Smith-Schuster can damage people he had a 1400 yard season They've seen his highlight tapes. He had, th- he had three touchdowns early on in the year. So when people say, Ugh, Juju, he's not getting it done enough. Or his stats aren't there. He's irrelevant. You don't understand what you're talking about. He's still absolutely part of this offense, even if he's just a decoy. Because here's the thing. Once people start to respect that balance and they start to see that he is a decoy and that they have to cover these other options and maybe double up on Chase Claypool... Guess who Ben is going to then? Back to Juju Smith-Schuster, and then it becomes a real pick your poison offense. But that goes away if we get rid of Juju Smith-Schuster right now. Now again, I'm not saying that Juju Smith-Schuster's the best receiver in the world. I'm not saying that he's elite. I'm, but I'm saying that he is a decent number one receiver in the NFL, and a more than decent number one receiver in the NFL. He's a good number one receiver. And he's still the number one receiver according to Ben Roethlisberger, it last week. And when, when Deontay Johnson gets back healthy, it's just going to continue to add to the weapons available to Ben Roethlisberger. And that, and these weapons have been positioned on this team to make it so that they are so that Ben Roethlisberger can pick at people different ways every game, and so that you can't lock in onto what he's doing. Like this last game, James Washington had the most targets, and he would have had the most yards if it wasn't for about six yards at the end from Chase Claypool, who does look like a complete beast. But Juju Smith-Schuster is absolutely part of that equation. And what's brilliant about this, what's brilliant about this chemistry, it's not just on the field, it's off the field. Because guess who's right down the field to celebrate with his teammates when they score a touchdown? Juju Smith Schuster. When Chase Claypool was trying to do different dances, who's right there to, to, to celebrate with him? Juju Smith Schuster. When James Washington scored, scored her over this weekend, guess who picked him up and put him on his shoulders and carried him and, and, and made, it, made it a fun touchdown dance? Juju Smith Schuster. And if your complaint is, well, he wants to share the shine, you can't have it both ways. Because I'm pretty sure you were one of the same people. If you're saying that now, you're one of the same people that's saying Antonio Brown doesn't look like he's he's celebrating or enjoying the fact that the Steelers are winning. If he's not getting the shine, if you're one of the people that were saying that he wasn't celebrating enough when his team, others, when his teammates were getting success and the team was winning, when, but he wasn't getting his stats, then you can't turn around and then say it's bad that Juju Smith-Schuster's jumping in and celebrating with his guys. It's just it's just asinine. So get I just I don't get the vitriol for for Smith Schuster by certain parts of the fan base with the Steelers it's it seems counterproductive and it it seems like something to pick at because you'll want to complain about something while the team is winning and it's just like come on like i get the need your i get the need for sports fans to find something to be upset about and something to want to get better about but this ain't it this just isn't the problem right now if you want to if you want to focus on the team getting better, I mean it's tough to do after a 38 to 7 win. But say hey, you know what? Continue to mix up the timing of what's going on on defense, continue to present different options for underneath coverage. You know, hey, hey, you know, let's let, let's keep working on that ground game. But right now the Steelers are on a on a really good pace. And I know I say this a lot, but just enjoy the ride right now. When those problems come, we face them then. And we'll talk about them on this very show. But it's so ridiculous to pretend that Juju Smith-Schuster is a problem right now because he's not getting enough stats. And then when he does get stats, you, you try to play them down. Or when he celebrates with his teammates when they succeed, you're upset about that. But you were but then you would be upset if he didn't celebrate with his teammates. He, he just can't win with some people. Don't be one of those some people. Respect I I think respect what Juju's doing. He's playing, he's playing his butt off. And even when he's not getting the attention, he's still fighting like a warrior. With a smile on his face, and he's doing his dances on TikTok. And he doesn't, you're not hearing one ounce of complaint from him in the locker room. The same thing goes for the I mean it seems to be going across the board. When Betty Snell ran for that touchdown at the end of the game, who ran right up right up to him after the as soon as when he was coming off the field? James Conner. These guys are happy for each other. This is the locker room everyone wants to be proud of for the Steelers. Blue collar, working together, all for one, one for all. All that kind of stuff. And people are upset about it? Get out of here, man. But y'all got me started, and this has been Don't Get Me Started here on the DK Steelers Podcast. Thanks for listening to the show. Please rate us five stars and leave us a positive comment on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are hosted. We love and respect all you guys that shout us out. Thanks so much. We'll be back in your ears tomorrow for the DK Steelers Podcast. on the be